Good morning, everyone, and I would like to welcome us to another time with the Lord. And I want to specially welcome those of us who are joining us from outside the shores of the nation of Australia, uh, from North America, from Africa, from uh, the Caribbeans, and of course from the Pacific and from inside Australia, Sydney, and all the other cities. And I believe that you will hear a word this morning that would clarify things and tell you this is the way to walk in it. There will be clarity, there will be insight, there will be revelation, there will bring revolution. I trust God that there will be a fresh encounter with the spirit of the living God. Because God has brought you for a time of fellowship with the Spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for another time. Thank you, Lord, for this privileged time of meeting with you, of receiving from you. Thank you for clarity. Thank you for light. Thank you for sight beyond sight. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord, everyone under the sound of my voice will have a fresh encounter with your spirit. Lord, let there be a transaction in the spirit, spirit-to-spirit -spirit transaction, that you flow through my spirit and flow into my spirit, Lord, to impart everyone that is under the sound of my voice. Lord, let there be utterance, and Lord, let there be revelation that would not be hindered by any outside force. The Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, let your word flow. Let your word flow. Let there be continuous communication from the throne to the earth. We give you all the glory, Lord. We worship and we adore you. Speak through these lips of clay. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. We want to thank God for his word. And I will continue this morning on what I started last week, uh, which is fulfilling the kingdom mandate. Shared with us how this all began. I was seeking the face of the Lord on what specific message that he has committed to my mouth for my generation. And he spoke very clearly to me without any ambiguity. He said, I've committed to you the message of the kingdom, the dominion mandate. And I knew by the unction of the spirit that that would be the direction we'll be traveling on in the, for the next few weeks, if not for the next months, and for quite a while to come. Because the message of the kingdom is big. It's not just over oh, series that will preach and then will be over with. It's huge. It's big. And understanding what the kingdom is all about will bring everything in our lives into order. The blessing. The favor of God. And practically everything will come into alignment with our understanding of what the kingdom is all about. The first time God spoke to me about the kingdom, I shared this with you, was in 1989, when he spoke and said to me 
uh, seek first the kingdom of God and all other things shall be added unto you. It was life changing for me. It was life transforming because it started changing my perspective. Oh, from pursuing this, from pursuing that. But it, because it made it clear to me that you don't have to pursue what others are pursuing. You just made the kingdom your priority and every other thing will align. Every other thing will line up. Isn't this a message that people or many in the church needs to hear today? That when you make the kingdom your priority, the kingdom will make you his priority. I'll repeat, when you make the kingdom your priority, the kingdom will make you his priority. When you seek first the kingdom, every other thing will be added unto you. You don't start to start to pursue what was not lost. Oh, make the kingdom your priority and you see what the kingdom will do in you, with you, and through you. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning I saw something that was brought to me and was shown to me and was sent to me about one of the Australian athletes that just won the silver in the high jump and uh, stood before the world press and he declared and he said, I, they said, well, how did you come, how did you come into this? He said, I would just like everyone to know that it's been a desire of my heart that the stadium will not just be filled with athletes, but will be filled with people worshiping, will be filled with people in revival to God, that God gave me this, that this is something that, and it was, I was transfixed. Hearing that, I was encouraged that somebody can stand on the platform, worldwide platform, and start to declare the kingdom of God. Oh, and do you know that nobody could cut her off? Nobody could say, don't say that, because they had to listen, because she just broke the Australian record. Oh, and then she won the, the silver in that event. Who has ever had Australia winning silver in, in high jump? But that is what the kingdom will do for you, with you, in you. When you make the kingdom your priority, it will lift you up. It will give you a platform that nobody can gain say. There's something about the kingdom that will not only give you, it will break through every limitation. It will break through every hindrance because of what has been imparted and been embedded into you. I clutched that forehood. I was excited. I said, thank you Lord, again for confirming this. That one person, 24 year old girl, can stand before a worldwide audience declaring thy kingdom come and the will of God be done on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. Amen. I was so blessed. I was so excited. And I pray that there will be more and more and more of that in the days to come. That the Lord will give us also a platform, worldwide platform, to declare his kingdom and declare the cause of his kingdom. Amen. And one thing is this, she didn't have to pay for it. Because the kingdom will pay for the advancement of itself. She didn't have to, she didn't have to go and pay a large sum of money for that. It was a free interview. <laughs> Amen. That was sent all over the world and the nations of the world. Amen. Fulfilling the kingdom mandate. I told you last week, what does the word fulfill means? It means to bring to completion. It means to accomplish. It means to achieve. It means to implement, to conclude, to discharge, to effect, to execute, to and to implement, to fulfill, 
So God wants us to bring the kingdom into a world. Completion. To implement the kingdom. To execute the kingdom. God wants us to finish the works of the kingdom. And I have news for you. Especially for many of us with our bags packed. And well, I'm on, I'm on my way to heaven. I'm waiting for the time to come. And we can't miss heaven. Then there's nothing wrong with it that you want to go to heaven. But I have news for you. Heaven wants to come to the earth. Before you pack your bags and leave for heaven, we need to do something about the mess that is staring all of us in the face here now. Look at the COVID-19 situation. Look at how it's arrested the attention of the world. And this morning, I had a revelation that I've never seen. The Lord said to me, he said, the spirit behind COVID likes to display itself. He said, he likes to display itself. He said, when you give it attention, it flourishes. He said, he, flour- he said, that is why. Have you seen that? Oh, people, everybody, the more you announce it, the more you talk about it, the more you say, oh, it's very serious. It's spreading. He loves it. It's like you are just what? You are, uh, you are, uh, when you are doing that, it's rolling and it's enjoying the attention. You are giving it to it and you continue to spread and spread and spread. And he said to me, he said, you don't give it attention. Take authority over it. That's why you will not be talking about, look at what does done. Look at what is spread. Because he loved that attention. Have you noticed that even in our state, they like to front the television all the time and talk about it. He loves that. He enjoys that. The people are talking. That is dominating the conversation everywhere. That's the spirit behind this COVID thing. It is demonic spirit. And when you, start to, when you don't give it that kind of attention... I'm telling you, when you really get into the back burner, that is when you start to take authority over it and eliminate it. Praise God. That was what the Lord said to me this morning. I said, what? Because it took me, I'd never seen it like that. He said he loves attention. He said, don't give it to him. Don't give the attention to it. He loves it. And when you do that, he enjoys it and he flourishes with the attention. So what is the kingdom of God? I told you that. And I will remind you again. Because I believe the spirit of God wants me to remind you. You have not had a message until you've had it at least six times. That means you had it again and again. Because the first time you hear it, you just had it here. It's your outer lobe that's had it, not your heart. And when it's here, when it's mental, it is powerless. It is when it becomes revelation that it will bring revolution. It's when it becomes imparted into your heart that the power is what? It can be released. And the reason why many don't carry the power of the kingdom is because the message is mental. A lot of people, Christianity is cerebral. To many believers, it's just in the head. It's what they know. That's why it's difficult to act. Because you can't act when it's just in the head. But when it's in your heart, when it's settled, when your faith has grafted, nothing in, on earth can hinder you from acting on it. And nothing can stop it from, being, from producing in your life. So what is the kingdom? The kingdom was the central message of Christ. You can go and check it. Because of time, we might not be able to go into it. At the very beginning of his ministry, Mark chapter 1, 
from verse number 14 to 15. If you have a Bible like mine, it says Jesus begins his Galilean ministry. And now after John was put in prison, verse 14, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Verse 15, and he said what? Oh, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. So there's something about repentance and believing that are key or core ingredients of manifesting the kingdom. And repentance does not necessarily mean turn away. Because when we talk about repentance, the thing that jumps, or the thing that the enemy sells to us is sin. Oh, you need to confess your sin. You need to repent of your sin. It is definitely, it's part of it. But repentance means a turnaround. Repentance means a renewing of your mind from the things you have believed that has held you in bondage so that you can come into the new light and start to exercise and walk in the power, the authority of the word that you have received. Repent and believe the gospel. The kingdom of God, the word kingdom was mentioned in the Bible over a hundred times. And the word church was mentioned in the, in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the gospel just about two times. But you find the word kingdom, the word in the gospel of Matthew alone was mentioned 32 times. But in the entire, in the entire gospel, just church was mentioned two times. But the kingdom, about a hundred times in the gospel alone, talking about the kingdom, talking about the kingdom, talking about the kingdom, they call it talking about the kingdom. It was the central message that Jesus Christ preached. It was the core of his message, the centrality of his message, what he preached. Number two, the kingdom of God is not futuristic. Because when we talk about the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven, the natural thinking is that, oh, that is where we are going when we depart planet Earth. The kingdom of God is not just futuristic. In fact, the word kingdom is the word basilia, which means what? The word kingdom of God is the word basilia. It's a Greek word that primarily implies dominion. I will repeat that. The word kingdom is, or kingdom of God, is a Greek word called basilia that primarily implies dominion. Because when you talk about kingdom, oh, what, we, what we've believed, probably what we've been thought, or what we've been told is that it has to do with the king in his domain. There's nothing wrong with that, but it's far, far bigger than that. In fact, it's primarily not that. It's primarily about the dominion of God. In a broad sense, you can start to talk about the kingdom uh, and, and the king in his domain. But it's far, far bigger than just the king in his domain. He's talking about the dominion of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And you find that a lot of scriptures. In a lot of scriptures, you find the kingdom of God being presented as the rule of the sovereign God over all his creation. Can I submit to you that God indeed is the monarch over the entire universe? <laughs> Hello. And there are scriptures that inform us of that. Psalm 103 verse number 19. Psalm 103, verse number 19. What does it say? It says, the Lord has established his throne. It said, Psalm 103, 
verse number 19. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over what? Rules over the church? No. The kingdom of God rules over all. The kingdom of God rules over all, over everything, over the entire creation. That's what the kingdom is all about. The kingdom rules over all. He has established his soul in heaven and the kingdom rules over all. Praise God. So it's important that we have a kingdom perspective. He rules over all. Let me take you further. You know, this Psalm 103 was written by David, the man who lived the New Testament life under the Old Testament. There was just something about David. There was something about David that he was able to capture the dimensions of the grace of God and heaven that he walked in, lived by in his own generation. And that is why every time i'm a student of the scriptures go and study the bible anytime that god will want to give example of a man to follow in leadership a man who served him he will always use david in spite of his faults i'll repeat in spite of what his faults because the enemy will come and remind you look at the way you are look at the mistake you made look at this and that and that and you know what that does to us it weakens us especially when you don't have the revelation of righteousness when you know that your righteousness is not based on your works because in the kingdom is not by works the kingdom is what by faith when you will receive in the kingdom you don't come into your inheritance in the kingdom by working for it that is why three, four jobs cannot produce it. Because in the spirit, inheritance is what? Adverse in the spirit is by inheritance. It's not by labor. And I'm not saying you shouldn't work. But you need to have understanding that wherever you were working at, you have been sent there as ambassador of the kingdom. Ambassador of the kingdom. Oh yes, that is why I taught you that when you're going to work tomorrow when the doctor is going to the hospital the church is going there he's taking the kingdom there when you are going to work maybe you as a technician wherever you're working the church is going there the kingdom you're taking the authority of the kingdom there when you are going to school well the number of schools are closed now i know it's a bit difficult to go there but when we start to go there you can when you're going there you're going there as an ambassador of the kingdom and with carrying the authority of the kingdom and do you know what when you start to understand that you're, you know, you are laying hold of the perspective of the kingdom. And then you can exercise something which I will tell you very, very soon. Because this is what is a challenge to many. We don't have a kingdom perspective. We have the natural perspective. In fact, many of us will need what is called a demolition of a lot of things that were believed that are not accurate. Psalm 115. Let's go there. What does it say? Psalm 115 verse number 16. Having a kingdom perspective. This is the starting point. What does it say? The heaven. Even what? The heavens. Meaning there are more than one heavens. Hello? There's a heaven where God dwells. Which is and there's a heaven where the satanic authorities or the or principalities are operating from. And you have the other heaven, which is where which is where you have the, 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 the stars, the sky, and the clouds, and everything like that. 
But look at it. He said, the heaven, the third heaven where God dwells and operates from, and all these other heavens are what? Are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the sons of men. The heaven, even the heavens, belongs to the Lord. And the earth he has given to the sons of men. This will start to give you a perspective of how powerful the church is. I said something in church last Sunday. God is not running the world. He's not running the world. The earth he has given what? To the sons of men. Australia is given what? To the sons of men. Meaning the church in Australia is supposed to run Australia. The church in Nigeria is supposed to run Nigeria. The church in Philippines is supposed to run the Philippines. The church in the United States is supposed to run the United States. Then why are the situation the way it is? Because the church is not the one running, but politicians are the ones running it. And of course, they've been doing a very, very bad job. Why have they been able to do that? Because we have not taken our place. We have pursued things instead of the kingdom. Hello? I said we have pursued what? Things instead of the kingdom. If the church can start to rise up with this revelation and insight, in fact, I'm sensing that this is the core message of my life. Core message of my life. The message of the kingdom. And to put the kingdom dimension into every heart that will be willing to listen to it. The kingdom. Come message. If the church can start to fully comprehend this and start to walk in the light of it, it will change every situation. It will change every circumstance. It will change our environment. These politicians will start to come to us, not just during elections, but when they need to take decisions. Have you noticed that they only remember you when the election comes? Are they consulting you now to say this COVID thing, what do we do about it? No. Five, ten, fifteen people will sit down in a room and they decide. And they go there and, and talk to some people and they say, pass the law. And they release it to you. And they will come, they say, this thing guts me. It's a lie. It was Winston Churchill that said, politicians don't believe what they say. They are surprised when you believe them. They don't believe what they say. Even they, when they are campaigning, they say, we'll do this. They don't believe what they say. That is why they don't keep election promises. But when it comes to the time when the election is coming very close, they do two things. They paint this, they do that, they do that, this one. They say, well, no, we have started. Give us another mandate. No, I'm personally waiting for Daniel Andrews at the polls next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, completely motivated. Completely motivated. I'm going to jump into it. Mobilize everything that will be mobilized. Mobilize. But why are you like that? Because of the kingdom. Because of the kingdom. When you start to have the understanding, I will show you. I will show you. Because when there's no word, when you don't have the understanding of the kingdom, there won't be outrage. There won't be outrage. But let me take you further. 
so that all of us can start to be on the same page. Let me take you to the book of beginnings so that we can start to have a clear understanding of the kingdom of God and its purpose in our lives. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1 from verse number 26. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26. Then God said, who said? God said, let us, meaning not just one, one, not just one person, one God but three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, in the council of heaven took this decision hello that's why the bible says you will decide a thing and you'll also decree it because you have been made in the image of god then god what said they decided and then they decreed let us make man in our what image according to our likeness let them have dominion god did not say let us have dominion let them have dominion. This man that he created. And listen to me. This man is not maleness. This is not talking about the male. He's talking about the word man there is the word Adam or Adama. And he's talking about mankind, not the male. Because some of us need to hear this. That God did not give dominion to the man over the woman. God gave them dominion over his creation. Let them have dominion. Somebody say, I'm a man in this place. You must listen to me. I thought that was clear. No. No. Where you have the man ruling over the woman is the picture of the fall. That did not come on until man fell in Genesis chapter 3. We're looking at Genesis chapter 1 there. The original intent of God for man. This is what we we'll call God's mission statement for man. Let us make mankind in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Let them have. Can we say it together? Wherever you are. Wherever you are. In your home. Where you're watching it. Let's repeat this. Let them have dominion. Let's say it again. Because I want it to enter into your spirit. Let them have dominion. Again, let's say it for the third time. Let them have dominion. Because what you say, what you hear, those are, and what you see, those are three key avenues where things enter into your spirit. What you say, what you hear, what you see, that's why you must guard those things, three things. Guard what you see. Guard what you hear. Guard what you are saying. So that you don't allow wrong things to enter into your spirit. Let them, this man that is created, have dominion. Over what? Over the fish of the sea. Over the beds of the air. Over the cattle. Over all the earth. And over every creeping things that creeps on the earth. You can say this. God said God gave man over dominion over God gave man dominion over creeps. Do you know some creeps? Gave man dominion over his creation, over the fish, over the birds, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing. 27. 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. 28, then God what? Blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. And what again? Have dominion. 26, we saw the word, let them have dominion. In 28, we again saying it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the beds of the air, over every living thing that moves. What exactly does the word dominion mean? Because in three verses, we have seen this word mentioned twice. And we said earlier on that the word kingdom of God is primarily the word dominion. What does the word dominion mean? One, it means rulership. It means rulership. Number two, it means lordship. Lordship has to do with authority and power. Authority. It means rulership. It means lordship. It means caretakership. Which is another word for stewardship. It means caretakership. Which is another word for stewardship. I'll repeat. The word dominion means what? One, rulership. Two, lordship. Which implies authority or power. Three, it means caretakership. Meaning that God gave men lordship. Let them have dominion. Lordship over the earth, over the fish, over the birds, over the animals. He gave him rulership. He gave him lordship. He gave him caretakership. He made him a steward over his creation. I didn't just stop there. I went further and I checked the Noah Webster's Dictionary, 1828, written in 1828. Where were you in 1828? 1828. I don't think it, definitely none of us here. None of us were not here then. But in 1828, Noah Webster's Dictionary, I went to check this because I wanted to dig deeper to have a very clear understanding. And this is what, what I found there. One, the word dominion means sovereign, supreme authority, the power to govern or exercise control. I'll repeat, sovereign, supreme authority, the power to govern or exercise control. Look at that. God gave man what? Sovereign authority, the power to govern or exercise control. Uh, power to direct, power to control, to use and dispose of a right of possession, territory under a government, region, country, a district being governed. God gave man dominion. But if you look at all these words, it will give you, start to, if you put them together, it will start to give you one thing about dominion, which we have not mentioned. We mentioned rulership. We mentioned lordship, we mentioned caretakership, but these ones will give you another dimension of dominion, which is ownership. 
So God gave man ownership over the earth. So having an understanding of kingdom will give you an ownership mentality. And when you have that ownership mentality, Satan knows whether you have ownership mentality or not. He knows. I'll give you some examples. How many of us have rented cars before from the from the rental uh, rental you know company? Have you noticed that that when you get after you you know you've used the car for two, three, four days, and you get back to the filling station to try and fill the car back because if you don't, they will charge you for the petrol you have used that you have not filled back. When you get to the petrol station, have you noticed that you don't look, even though the car might be new, maybe two months, maybe three months, when you get there, you look for the cheapest petrol to put in there. Why? Because you don't own the car. You get there, they say, they say, they say this one, uh, what is it? This one is premium. That This one is uh, unleaded, and then there's one that is they say, they say this one is special on leader. You look for you, how much is uh, uh, this, this premium. Oh, premium is $1.73. We said, no, 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 not that one. Uh, this one is uh, $1.38. Oh, but this, this other one there is $1.50. said, this one I'm going to put. Because why? You don't own the car. If you've just bought a brand new car, and the car you've been really believing for. And you said, this, oh, I'm just, I just thank God. You want to give it your best attention. But when you don't own it, you treat it anyhow. Oh, let me give you another example. Supposing you are in the shopping mall. And some, you find, you, you, you know, if you, somebody just say, oh, some, you, maybe you are sitting in the, in the food court. And you saw somebody putting the jacket, very expensive jacket, putting it on the chair and said, maybe just to quickly go somewhere, to go to the bathroom or somewhere. And you find somebody else, maybe after five minutes, walking there, and, oh, this is, and then taking the jacket and walking away. You're not likely going to say, hey, come, don't take the jacket, the person. No, you just say, what? Why did he do that? Well, it's not my jacket. And then you turn away. Why? Because you don't own the jacket. And then the person who owns the jacket will now come and say, what happened to my jacket? In fact, many times people will just keep quiet. What happened to my jacket? Oh, did somebody, somebody, just keep quiet. Because what? Why didn't you challenge the person who came and picked up the jacket? Because what? You don't. And can I tell you something? Satan knows when you have an ownership mentality or not. The church needs to develop ownership mentality over the city where you've been planted. Over the place where you've been planted. You need to develop ownership mentality. And one key thing that will start to show you whether you have an ownership mentality or not is outrage. You'll be outraged when ungodly laws have been passed. You'll be outraged that what is that? What, what, what laws have they just passed concerning our city, concerning our state? What laws have they just passed? What is COVID in my area? You will attack it in the spirit. You say, no, this thing cannot come here because you have an ownership mentality over the place. God said, I've given you authority over the earth. If you've been planted in Melbourne, like we've been planted, we start to develop. That's what the Lord was telling me. 
So I've given you the message of dominion. It's, it's, and it's been rising in me. It's depositing in my life a greater level of authority. Why is the church the way it is? Why is it that in spite of all this, the church of God seems to be so weak? Why? I told you a bit about it in, in last Sunday. They were, the Pharisees went to Jesus and said, Oh, when will the kingdom come? And Jesus said to them, he said, the kingdom does not come by observation. It won't come by, you say, here it is, there it is. He said, the kingdom of God is within you. What does that mean? To the extent that you are willing to be yielded to the kingdom is to the extent that you can exercise the authority of the kingdom. You know, something hit me. Have you noticed this? The more you grow in the kingdom, the more vulnerable and the more independent, the more dependent you are. Because you just don't want to do anything. You want to receive clearance before doing something. You just don't want to go anyhow, go anywhere. You want to receive clearance before doing it. You become more dependent. And the more dependent you are, the more what? The more vulnerable you become. The more dependent you are, the more vulnerable you become. God gave me an analogy this morning. He said, have you noticed that you really find the cases of COVID-19 reported in the under ones, the under twos, and the babies? He said they are, the, they are the most vulnerable part of the population, but they are the one experiencing the greatest protection of the kingdom. Do you find them saying, oh, ah, uh, for one year old? No, 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 no. The problem is the more you grow, then the more people grow, the more in the, you say, now I'm a self-made man. You are disaster going somewhere to happen. The more, the more, the more. They don't need all those. Look at them, the one-year-olds. Look at them, the two-year-olds. Look at them. The, the months old, they are the most vulnerable and they are the most protected from this COVID nonsense. They are the most protected from this COVID nonsense. They are the most vulnerable. In the kingdom is the same thing. The more yielded you are into the kingdom of God operating within you, the more the authority of the kingdom can what can be experienced or you can exercise it. Because you are now dependent on him. I know the Bible says that he's giving us, you know, rulership over the earth. But no, 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 no. It's not just for us to do anything with it. We take direction from the world, from the headquarters, heaven, the throne of God, and we exercise it. We take direction from what he's saying from the throne. We exercise it. That is the way, in a very simple way, the way the kingdom operates. Dominion. Dominion. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've defined them. It will give you an ownership mentality. And with ownership comes outrage. You not just allow anything. You not just say, look at all these people. Look at what they are doing. No! You'll be outraged by ungodly laws and ungodly decisions and ungodly things that have been taken over where you are. You'll not just be concerned about yourself. Or my family, because that is the extent that most people are concerned. Oh, yes, what is it? Oh, I'm now thinking about myself and my family. That has been selfish. That has been so small-minded. There's something, the kingdom of God is within you, and the kingdom rules over all. 
You have an ownership mentality. Why has God placed me in the city? Why was I born in Melbourne? Why was I born in Seoul? Why was I born in Uganda? Why was I born and why has he sent me here? So have an ownership mentality. And I say to you, Satan knows when you have that. Because your decisions will be different. Your thinking will be different. Your actions will be different. He knows. And when he knows that, he will start to move back from you. Say, this is live wire. Be careful. Go in near it. Go in near it. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, despite what God gave to Adam, he gave him the authority of the kingdom. You know, very soon, by the time you, you get to chapter 3, Adam fell. And when Adam fell, he fell from dominion. Satan fell from heaven to earth. Adam fell from dominion. Adam lost it all. The, the enemy came and tricked, knowing that, ah, that, what is this man? He came very subtle, came to the garden and tricked him, deceived Eve and took the authority from them. Well, thank God for God that will never go. Oh, thank you, Lord, that you don't give up. Thank God that you're a God of second chance and third chances. Thank God. Because he was still so determined that this man will rule in the midst of his circumstance. That you know what he did? He chose another man. And what's the name of the man? He chose another man. And I'm going to, yes, I know that you might be thinking Jesus, but no, he chose another man through which Jesus will eventually come. You know his name? I'll tell you, Abraham. He chose another man. That's why Jesus came through the Abrahamic covenants to establish the new covenants. And I can show you uh, but because of time, I may not be able to get there. I can show you when he spoke very clearly to him. He said, your seed. Jesus came through the Abrahamic covenant. He chose another man. He chose, let me take you to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, verse number 13. Because I want to show you the key components of exercising the kingdom mandate. Key components. Genesis chapter 12, from verse number 1. 12 from verse number 1. Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house. To where? To a land I will show you. What does that mean? Abraham, from now on, stop thinking naturally. Stop thinking. I'm relocating you in the spirit. Get out of your country. Get out of your... I'm causing a relocation within you. Because as long as your thinking is natural, you can't fulfill this mandate. Get out of it. From your family? From your father's house? Is he saying that we should leave our family and forget about them? That's not what he's saying. He just says, change your natural way of thinking. Change your natural way of thinking. Change your perception that is so natural. To a land that I will show you. Verse number two. And I will make you what? A great nation. And I will do what? I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you shall be what? A 
blessing verse number three and i will bless those who bless you and i will cause those who cause you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed number one key component of the of exercising the kingdom mandate is called the blessing it's called the blessing genesis chapter number 12 from verse 1 what happened there then look at it i now the lord said to abraham get out of your country then verse number two he now says what i will make you what a great nation and i will bless you and make your name great and you shall be what a blessing let's go to genesis chapter 1 verse number 26 and to 28 again and we'll see you there then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the beds of the air over the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth 27 so god created man in his own image male and female created he them 28 then god what bless them did you see that then god bless them and when he chose this man again what did he say to him i will bless you and i will make you a blessing then god bless them let me make this very clear to you whenever there's dominion you have the blessing whenever there's dominion you have the blessing the two of them are inseparable twins dominion and blessing they are two inseparable twins where you have the blessing in manifestation is a place that you have dominion in operation wherever you have the blessing in manifestation is where you have dominion in operation blessing is a key evidence of the operation of dominion you can't have one without the other absence of dominion absence of blessing absence of dominion absence of blessing but i must make this clear i'm not talking about riches i'm not just talking about riches but listen very well the blessing can produce what riches for the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and add no sorrow to it. So I'm not just talking about riches. I'm talking about the blessing. What is the blessing? Empowerment to what? Oh, okay, let's go. Empowerment to be fruitful and multiply. Empowerment to increase. Empowerment to multiply empowerment to subdue opposition and empowerment to walk in dominion that means wherever you find dominion in operation you find the blessing then god blessed them and god said to them now what be empowered to be fruitful be empowered to multiply be empowered to fill the earth be empowered to subdue be empowered to have dominion the two of them are inseparable twins. You find one, you have the other. Did not the Bible say 
it is God that gives us what? Power to get wealth. What is dominion? Rulership, lordship, authority, power. Wherever you have one, you have the other. God blessed them. And Abraham, the Bible says, he obeyed. He made his mistakes, but he obeyed. But you can't blame. This thing that just started, this, what we just read was his first encounter with the God of heaven. His first encounter with experiencing dominion. Because when he encountered difficulties, the Bible says he went down to Egypt. But thank God he got out of Egypt. And I'll take you to Genesis 13. Genesis 13 from verse number 5. Genesis 13 from verse number 5. See, talking about what? Key components in exercising the dominion mandate. Verse 5. Lord also, and Lord went with him. He should not have what? Taken Lord. Lord was his nephew. God said to Abraham, Now, Abraham, get out. But Abraham took Lord. But now, something is about to take place here. Lord also went with Abraham and had flocks and herds and tents. Now the land was not able to support them that they might dwell together. For their possessions were so what that they could not dwell together. Why? Because of the operation of the blessing. The blessing had produced possessions in the life of Abraham. The blessing. Verse number seven. We can rewrite this and say, and Satan now also showed up. And there was what? Strife between what? The herdsmen of Abraham's livestock and the herdsmen of lost livestock. Because their possessions had become so great, they needed people to help them in managing it. The herdsmen of lords and the herdsmen of, you know the meaning of the word herdsmen? Do you know what it means? The word herdsman is the word shepherd. And the word shepherd is the word pastors. Is the word leadership. So we can say this, and the pastors were in what? Strife. Or the leaders were in what? Strife. You know that the enemy can, when just somebody who comes to church from time to time, or somebody who just just somebody there, you know, and the person is working in strife, of course it will affect him or her. It will limit them and everything like that. But the enemy is never satisfied with that. He wants to plant strife in the hearts of the pastor. Plant strife in the hearts of the leadership. So that contention will start. The moment that is on, the Bible says the house divided against itself cannot stand. And that is why how many pastors are working in strife? How many people in leadership are working in strife? Working in strife. You say, do you know what happened? Do you know what somebody said? Do you know what somebody said? Did you not hear the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. The moment you get into strife, you have entered into enemy's territory. And you can't win using his weapons. You can't win using his weapons. Some people just enjoy it. They just, oh, before you know what is happening, they are, they are light onto it. I thank God. I give him praise. That if there's anything and he's done so much for me that God has delivered me from, 
is this strife thing. It's foreign. Because I've seen that one of the ways to kill any dream and destroy any vision is enter into strife. It's like planting a rattlesnake in a baby's court. That baby will be dead before the end of the day. There was strife between the husband of Abraham's livestock and the husband of Lot's livestock. And the Canaanites and the Perizzites then dwelt in the land. Verse, seven, verse 8. So Abraham now said to Lord, Please, let there be no word. That was the man carrying the blessing. And having some understanding of the blessing, let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen. For we are what? You know, we are brethren. We are brethren. We belong to the family of God. We are members of the same family. Don't allow an intruder, a foreigner, to enter into family affairs. For we are brethren. We are brethren. And not only that, yes, I know, I don't want to go into strife, but you know what he said to me? How about what you did to Jesus? Why can't you let go? Go and read your Bible. Did Jesus go to, did the people who nailed him to the cross, did they go to him and say, we want to apologize for what we did? Well, what did he say to them? Father, forgive them. That's why forgiveness is the word for. You take the initiative. For, give, for, give. That means that you take the initiative. When you are taking the initiative to forgive, and the other person is taking the initiative to forgive, you, you, you kick Satan out of the affairs. It's very, very easy. But when nobody is taking the initiative, and you know the reason why people don't take initiative? Because of what? Pride. 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 He said, no, my pride has been wounded. And you remain living the low life. And you are not able to enter into your inheritance. You are not able to possess the harvest that God has for you. And you are struggling. And do you know what will happen eventually? And then depression will come. And then sickness will come. And then this one will come. And that one will come. And they will, have, they will not even need to press the bell to enter the door of the body. They will just because they possess the key. By giving, entering into strife and their territory, they walk in, they walk out. 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 And all these things will come. And lack will, of course. And all manners of things will start to avoid. You cannot exercise the dominion mandate, the authority of the kingdom, if you don't avoid strife. Number one, the blessing. Number two, avoidance of strife. You know what the Bible says about this. Let's go to James. The book of James chapter number 3 from verse number 14 from the KJV version. The book of James chapter number 3 from verse number 14 the KJV version. Not King James but KJV. That means not New King James but King James version. But if you have what? Bitterness. If you have what? Bitterness. How do you know you have bitterness when it's taking root? If you have what? Bitterness. Now hold the Bible there and let's go to Hebrews chapter 12 and we'll start to go from verse 14, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 12, 
from verse number 12. Hebrews 12 from verse number 12. What does it say? Let's go there. Hebrews 12, verse number 12. Therefore, strengthen the hands which would hang down and the feeble knees, 13, and make straight path for your feet, so that what is what? Lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Verse 14, that's where I'm going. Pursue peace with all men, all people, without which only, yes, let's continue. Looking now carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, that means bitterness has taken root, springing up. The moment bitterness takes root, it springs up with fruits. And what are the fruits? Those are the things I've just mentioned to you. The fruits of bitterness. And what would the fruits cause? They cause trouble and cause the bearer of that strife to become defiled. Looking carefully. How do you avoid it? Looking carefully. What will happen? Because you have not been looking carefully. You fall short of the grace of God. Because in the kingdom, grace is big. It's Fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble. Let's go back to, yes, let's go back to James chapter 3, then from verse number 14. He now says what? But if you have bitter envy, why? Does it mean that if you're having issues, if you're having this, it's because you are, you are, in, you are in strife or whatever? It, this will just multiply it because we are living in a fallen world. We are relating with the, the, the earth that we are living in is corrupt and is already full of all those things. But the moment you enter into this, you multiply the problems. So if you have bitterness in you, you have envy in you, you have strife in your... Look at that. Strife where? In your hearts meaning it has taken root glory not and lie not against the truth verse 15 this wisdom descended not from above but is earthly it is sensual it is devilish so we have seen here two categories of wisdom number one the wisdom that descends from above Godly wisdom, heavenly wisdom. Number two, the wisdom that, that, that is from where? That is from the earth. It is sensual, it is devilish. Let's, let's continue. For where envy and war strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Love is the atmosphere of heaven. Love will attract presence. Strife will attract demons. Strife will attract demons. You just be will. You just forgive. You just let go. You see how depression will leave. Bam! You just let go. You see how door that seems totally locked will open. You just let go. You see how sometimes some of the issues you've been having how they will just dissipate as if the 
power and the life has been taken out of them. They just live strife. Live strife. That's why Abraham went to him and said, we cannot walk in strife here. If we're going to manifest the kingdom and continue to enjoy the blessing and walk in dominion, we cannot avoid strife here. And he said to Lord, he now said this, he now said, please let there be no strife between us. Genesis 13 verse 8, Abraham said to the Lord, let there be no strife within us between my husband and your husband, for we are brethren. Number nine, is not the old land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. If you go to the right, then I will go to the left. I have a question for you. Who is older between Abraham and Lord? Abraham. So who should have the right to make the first choice between Abraham and Lord? But he said, no, you pick. You make a choice. Why? Because he knew he was carrying the blessing. That no matter where he went to, the blessing, because the blessing was on him, and the blessing has the capacity to turn dry land, dryness into fruitfulness. That no matter what, and can I tell you, if you belong to Christ, the same blessing is on you. That is why you should not be fighting. You should not be saying, oh yeah, they, they, I should have taken for, they, they want to. No, 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 no. Why don't you just take it cool, man? You take it cool, and then you just wait to, so that the blessing can be released through you. And you see the manifestation. You just, you know, sometimes I see people struggling. You want to quickly grab something for yourself. It's because you don't have understanding of the blessing. You don't know what you carry. You don't know that the blessing is on you. Oh, yes, it must be mine. I must take first. I must, no, 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 no. You just take it, take it cool. Take it cool. And then, you know, you can allow and have others to have. You are carrying the blessing. Even if it was just the little one that was left for you, by the time, oh, the blessing will start to work on it. How much food did God, did Jesus multiply to feed over 5,000 people? Just two loaves and oh, they finish everything. They only left two loaves and five fishes for me. Oh, no, no, let the blessing start to work on it. That's what the Bible says. And Jesus did what? He raised it up to heaven and blessed it. He released the blessing. And that's a message for another day. We'll get there. Release the blessing over it. Release the blessing of it. He says, separate. You go. He was carrying the blessing. And he knew wherever, whatever was left, the blessing would turn it into what? Into a fruitful ground. Into a fruitful vineyard for him. And verse number 10. Listen, and Lord lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jonah. Oh, wow. <laughs> if I were, if, listen, look at Lord. Your, your, your uncle said that to you. Wouldn't even say, no, sir. Or, no, I can't do that. You are my uncle. You brought me here. You should have the first choice. You should have the first say. You know what? He didn't even bother about that. He wanted to grab. Mr. Grabber. That's the problem with the situations in our world today. Everybody is trying to what? Grab and grab and grab. But where you are carrying the blessing. When you are carrying the blessing. I wish I was in Nigeria so to speak to Nigerian politicians at this point. But one way or the other, some of them will get this message. 
Because I'm speaking into the atmosphere and by the authority of God's word, they will, it will get to some of them. It's called greed. They want to grab. Grab and grab and grab. Not, not, not having any care for the people in society. The people have become so impoverished and so poor. A land filled with wealth have been torn into complete dry ground. Torn into complete dry ground. They are not looking for things here and there. Looking for until you repent and change your mindset. That money you are trying to grab, you will not, not get it. Did you hear what happened even in the Olympics? The person that won medal, that won silver, only was given one, unif one, one, one uniform, one outfit, was watch watching every night. And packs and packs and packs have been made by Nike to give to them. But some people said, because how would they be able to steal without having their own new, new fresh contract? You see, we're going to have, and it's a problem. That is why corruption cannot be, cannot be handled by legislation. <laughs> that will be handled by legislation. It will take the sons of God manifesting the kingdom that will handle the issue of corruption. Lord lifted his eyes and saw the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the garden of, of the Lord, the land of Egypt has to go towards Zohar. Lord saw and he chose for himself, verse number 11, or the plain of Jordan that was looking very good. But what he didn't know was that he was stepping into enemy territory. The land of Sodom and Gomorrah. Lord saw. He looked and he saw. He chose by sight. Verse 12. Key ingredients. Key ingredients of what? Exercising the kingdom mandate. Amen. Components in exercising the kingdom mandate. Chose, listen now to Abraham. Let's, and Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan. And Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain. And pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. Verse 13. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. How did he get into this place? Because he chose by sight. But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. You know what happened to Saul. You know what eventually happened to his wife. We won't get there today. And the Lord said to Abraham after Lord had word separated from him. He said lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, westward. Verse 15, for all the land which you see I give to you and your what? And your descendants what? Your descendants. And I will now make your descendants as the dust of, as God not done it, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also, also could be numbered. Then what did what happened now? He said, look now and see. Lord chose by sight. But God is now asking Abraham to make his own choice by insight. Insight. By revelation. Now, if you lift up and see 
What is the difference? Because we don't see with our natural eyes. Normally we see with what is what? Our mind. The moment that is corrupt, you will see wrong things. Lift up your eyes and see. Lift up your eyes and this is called insight. Or another word is revelation. Revelation I'm telling you is the greatest asset that you need in the school of the spirit. Revelation is the greatest asset that you need in the school of the spirit because you are designed to believe what you see. And where your eyes have no word gone, your feet will no word take you there. That is why we said the picture you see is a future you can have. Lift up your eyes now and what? And see and see because once you can see it with your mind your faith is locked and nothing no force on earth can stop it from manifestation i'm telling you the issue is not you know what i'm going through you know what i'm facing the issue is what are you seeing are you seeing with your natural eyes or are you seeing with your word with insight or your inner eyes or the revelation being given to you by God about the issue. What do you see? In the spirit, insight is everything. The clearer the picture, the faster the acceleration towards your destination. God spoke to us on Friday about acceleration. I'm now connecting all the dots together that the acceleration will only start to take place as long as we can start to see or have inside the pictures are becoming clearer and the clearer the picture the faster the acceleration towards your destination you will not be you will, nothing will hinder you you will not be moved by the challenges the difficulties whatever it is everybody might be saying it cannot be done but because you can see it, you're willing to go. And that is why those who can see will go to where others or others have never gone. And if you go where others have never gone, you will experience what others have never experienced. It is called the realm of what? Possibilities. When impossibilities are becoming your own possibilities because of what you can see. You looked at it. You are not just seeing the mountains. You are not just seeing the problems. You are not just seeing the crocodiles. You are seeing. You are seeing with the eye of a spirit. You are seeing that, oh yeah, there's something beyond all of this. You are seeing beyond the mountain. You are seeing beyond the problem. You are seeing beyond it. You are seeing I remember when God first showed us the property that will, uh, you know, that will soon be moving into right now. And he told us the pride. It would have been easy to walk away. 
But oh, we were able to see something. We saw something. And the Lord spoke to us at later in January. He said, transfer of ownership. That was the word we needed. Transfer of ownership. Praise the name of the Lord. That is why I'm telling you, every factor involved must line up because of transfer of ownership. Oh, broker must line up. Finances, line up. Banks, line up. Everything, line up. Because of what? The word has gone forth from heaven. Transfer of ownership. What you see will determine. I can take you further and further, but I'll stop there and I'll continue tomorrow. You need to change what you have been seeing. What have you been seeing about your life? What have you been seeing about your future? What have you been seeing about your, with, concerning your spouse? What have you been seeing concerning your children? What have you been seeing concerning your situation, your circumstance? Start to see the way God sees. Lift, stand up on your feet and lift up your hands so that i will pray with you and i will pray for you to again release over you and release into your heart kingdom perspective that you start to see the way god sees that you see yourself the way god sees you you see your future the way god is saying it you see your business the way god is saying it and you are not threatened and you say oh this covid is uh, you don't say wrong things. You don't start to speak from corrupt communication because it will become your experience. You start to declare what God is saying about it. Lift up your hands to God. As I pray for you, God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love. He learned forgive. Lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to show my Savior because he lives. Because he lives. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone because I know He holds my future. My life is worth and living just because He lives. The Holy Spirit is just showing me right now. He said, You are not following instruction. This word I was given, rise up on your feet and lift up your two hands. You are sitting there and you are trying to lift up one hand or trying to lift up two hands while seated. That is why this will not work for you because you are not following instructions. Because if you were to be, you might be away from sanctuary worship, but there's no distance in the spirit. What you need to do if you're in sanctuary is what you would do when instructions are given from the pulpit. Because this word travels with the power and the grace of God release. So now lift up your, rise up wherever you are. If you want to be a partaker of what is going to be declared. And raise up your two hands to heaven. And you pray after me. Heavenly Father. Father, I want to thank you, want to thank for, you your for your word, your word, your word that you have spoken to me. Spoken I have heard your word, and therefore, I want to start to declare your word over my life from this moment forward. 
Father, thank you for giving me seeing eyes inside. I no longer see myself according to my natural circumstance. I see myself the way God sees me. And in the name of Jesus, I put on again double coat of honor in Jesus name. In the name of Jesus Christ. I am breaking forth because the authority of the kingdom is in my life. I am breaking forth. I am breaking through every limitation, every hindrance, no outside force has the capacity to stop me again. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. No demonic force can stop me again. No COVID-19 can stop me. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Therefore, every wrong law, every long law, every wrong decision, every wrong rule that has been put in place, contrary to the counsel of heaven, I upturn them. We upturn them. We cancel them. Because we have authority of the kingdom in our lives. In my life. It is a new season for me. It is a new day for me. No more limitation. No more hindrance. Because I'm walking in favor. Supernatural favor divine favor therefore doors are opening doors are opening doors have been locked they are opening for me right now in the name of jesus doors of favor doors of favor doors of favor given to me what others have labeled impossible they are becoming possible for me it is done in my life in our church concerning the kingdom from this moment forward in jesus name amen father the word you have given to me I've declared them to your people. Thank you for this word of life, for this word of power that you have committed to my mouth for my generation. Lord, thank you so much because today there's a repositioning in the spirit, a relocation in the spirit. Thank you because no force, no outside force, no demonic force can stop us. Because the church is marching on and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We give you praise, Lord. We declare our weak breast in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare that COVID-19 is rooted out 
are rooted out of our city, rooted out of our environment, in the name of Jesus, it will not stop sanctuary worship. In the name of Jesus Christ, every plan to extend, every plan to continue to extend, every plan to slam people into lockdown are the slightest excuse. We turn those plans and those advice into the advice of Hahitophel into foolishness in the name of Jesus Christ. The Father, thank you because COVID-19 is bound in our city in Jesus' name. We give you praise. We worship you. We adore you. Thank you. Again, I declare that the next six months will be the greatest six months for us. In the name of Jesus, immeasurable breakthroughs, surprises, you doing for us exceedingly abundantly and above. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the glory, honor, and adoration. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.